to the final episode of season one of Nobody Asked for This. I'm Kendra. And I'm Megan. And we are so excited for yeah. this episode. Yeah. And we also want you to know we're not going anywhere. We already have a whole bunch of interviews. We're in the process of editing, getting ready for season two. It's already started. So we are excited to kind of take a, a, a pause in the releasing of our podcast. But be on the lookout for other projects in between now and season two. Yeah, sounds fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Guess what I did this weekend? You, no, I'm not going to guess. What did you do this weekend? (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you've listened to episode two, our guest was Amy Pratt, and it was her birthday last week. So she uh, organized a little outing. I think you were actually invited, Kendra, but... Once again, you don't live here in Nashville. I know. Super bummer. Anyway, um, so I think there were like seven of us uh, that went out to Rutledge Falls in Manchester, Tennessee. It was gorgeous and just like, you know, we're at a waterfall, so we're all in bathing suits and stuff. And um, sometimes that can bring up some things for people being um, in bathing suits in the public. But this group was just like so positive and not about body shame so i posted thank thank you i don't know i'm saying thank you um on well you know amy was like sort of leading by example in a beautiful way yeah and instagram i posted a picture of me in front of a waterfall with this don't go chasing waterfalls nope nope (laughs) that's the actual song all right. We don't have the rights to that. Try again. Don't go chasing body shame. Please stick to the wisdom of your body and do your thing. That's the end. For now. That's for now. the end for now. For now. Yeah. Megan and I will be releasing our parody album. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're laughing, but I think we could do it. Like, I think it would be like, really, really fun. I'm not joking. We that's really something it's we will happen. going to do. <laughs> so many projects that we're cooking we're gonna, up. We're just going to take after Weird Al. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And in your post, you were ta- you were talking, and there were so many good comments and conversations happening in the DMs and stuff about it. Like, mm-hmm. what do you say when people make comments? Or yeah. so what you're talking about is when you're in public. And somebody makes a comment about your body. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. When you're in public and somebody makes a comment about your body or even about their body in a disparaging way or something like that. And it's like, how do you address it? And Mm I am not somebody who shies away from those things. And yet it's like a really, it feels really tricky because there's part of me that wants to be like, shut up. You have no idea what you're talking about. But the other part of me wants to have like compassion and empathy and be like, I get it this is not your fault that you have these ideas Mm -hmm. because this is what we're taught, you know? So I had an actually an experience with this. Um, just recently I was at a thing with somebody and somebody that they kind of knew came up and started talking and was like using, it was like clear that there was like, they kept saying to this person I was with, Oh, but you're so good. You show up all the time. Like you're the best at that and blah, blah, blah in relationship to this, like, this workout class or something. Ah, okay. And, um, and the person I was with was like very kind. She was 
not taking it like, oh, that's right. You know, she was just mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I just, I like it, so I do it, you know, or whatever. Right. And I was like, I don't know this person at all. I've literally just met them. <laughs> but they kind of just kept on about, it. oh, I've just been so bad. It's been, oh, I just, I've really got to get there and da, da, da. And I just kind of said, you know, I'm like, I don't know if you've ever heard of intuitive eating, but I'm kind of a real, real proponent of intuitive eating. And one of the things of it is joyful movement. So if you don't want to go because it's not joyful, like you shouldn't go. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> she was like, she was like, well, I do really enjoy it. It's just, I need sleep, you know, and I don't get to bed till late. And I said, well, that's good. You're listening to your body to yeah. tell you that you need sleep because you need to get sleep. <laughs> like oh, It was just so funny. And she took it so well. And it was, you know, it was good. And then yeah. we just kind of, we just moved on and that was fine. Right. And like, I don't know what kind of seed that might've planted sure. or, sure. you know, what it, what it really is intuitive eating. And maybe they went and looked it up or. Yeah. Maybe you maybe never know. This total stranger saying these things to them maybe it let him let go what well, okay. it could also be like oh i have the permission to choose now i hope so i yeah. mean she, i i you know we all have our stuff around that so it's not yeah. like i have the answers any more than she of does, course really. of course we also want to provide a trigger warning we talk about diets i think we named some diets in our interview. And we also talk a lot about race. And I know that a lot of people have traumatic experiences around that. So um, just keep that in mind while you're listening to Take Good Care. And then we just want to give our standard, you know, disclaimer that though Megan and I are definitely experts in parody writing, we are not mental health experts. And this is a podcast meant for entertainment and information only. Here we go. Here we go. This episode's been brought to you by My personal fan that I've been told looks like a life alert necklace Bike shorts under sundresses on hot days Elevators And our favorite Lizzo song, Soulmate She never tells me to exercise, we always get extra fries so excited to be sitting here with Jess Thompson. You might know her on social media as Jess Williams. Yes. Because she just got married. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us about the work you do. So I have a brand called Work Your Curves. Started out as just a body positive brand. And then as it grew and as I continued my growth, it transformed into more of a social movement. So acknowledging the disparities of women of color and trying to give them a voice in the world of wellness and education through events and outreach and such. So. It's still developing, but that's amazing. That's the meat of what yeah. I do. Yeah, I'm excited for you about that. Thank you. That sounds real cool. Mm-hmm. And you also teach at Southern Squeeze, is that right? Yes. So I am a Strong First certified kettlebell instructor. Whoop, whoop. I had to put that plug out there because it was a really hard certification. Wow. So I'm like <laughs> patting myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You tell people about that. But yeah, I coach at the Squeeze five to six times a week. Really great space. So It's such a great, well, I haven't been there, but I've heard amazing things and it's just like a, a weight neutral spot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
So. We definitely don't allow people to go around talking about size or like, ooh, like you look like you're losing weight or, you know, right. we try not to comment on people's weight. We really focus on um, goals that are non-weight related when it comes to movement. So, you know, maybe you want to get a chin up or maybe you just yeah. want to not have low back pain, like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. things like that. So we're really big on trying to establish goals that are outside of the scale. Right. I love that so much. So we want to ask you about your body timeline. And what that means to us is uh, growing up, what sort of thoughts and beliefs and feelings did you have about your own body um, and your relationship with food and movement? So for me, I've always kind of been aware that I've, let me say this, I was called big boned. Mm starting when I was young. That's mm-hmm. just like a thing in black families. Like, mm-hmm. hey, girl, you big boned, you know? Like, you're not skinny like your brother, or, mm-hmm. you, you know? So I kind of started becoming more aware of that um, as I got a little bit older and I hit puberty mm-hmm. because I curved out before all of my friends. <laughs> and yeah. everybody's like, Jess, you got, like, breasts and mm-hmm. you got this big butt. And I always felt kind of singled out for that. Yeah, And even, like, sometimes in my family, you know, just you're going to have to watch what you eat or you're going to have to do this or that because you're big boned. So constantly being sent that message was really hard um, to hear. And so I never really had a a challenging relationship with food. I didn't start dieting until I got a little bit older, like after college ish. Mm, But definitely I was aggressively active in sports and dance and like trying to prove myself as physically fit right. um, because I'm, I'm athletic by nature, but just live in a larger body. So like, that was my way of being like, shut up everybody. Like, look at me. I, I'm, you know, MVP of the soccer team and I'm captain and I'm captain of the dance team. And like all these different physical accomplishments that I tried to achieve was like my way of just saying like, I'm better. Trying yeah. to prove. Or, yeah, yeah. Trying to prove myself. So then I had my son, and then that's when I started, like, I was like, oh, man, like, I got up to this weight that I, I looked at the scale, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this. And so right. that's when I started aggressively dieting and, like, two-a-days and mm. going crazy about, and it kind of just spiraled from yeah. there. So that was, you know, when I had negative image. Um, right. When my mom got sick with cancer, mm-hmm. Um, I was still kind of in that negative space. But being there with her and recognizing that she was kind of at the end of her journey, it made me reflective about what I prioritized as important. Yeah. And it was always my body. It was always me. That message drove a lot of my decisions in life. You know, like, oh, I'm big, so I've got to be better than everybody else, or i got to do this, i got to prove myself. Right. But being taken out of my comfort zone and having to drop everything and care for her, I had to drop Mm -hmm. my gym membership, you know, it made me really reflective, and it made me realize, like, there's so much more to life than what I look like on the outside. Right. And that's when the big shift started to happen. And then she passed, and... I was like evolved it seemed mm-hmm. but then I did the whole 30 because mm-hmm. I was like oh man I've gained like this weight and you right. know in the soul work I've been doing and all this 
you know, energy I've been trying to like shed, the yeah. negative energy. So I did the whole 30 and I was like 10 days in ish. And mm-hmm. then I was like, Ooh, no, like it was triggering. Mm. Yeah. I was back to diet. Yeah. Like back in that mindset. And I knew it wasn't going to stop at whole 30. Mm. I knew it was going to go and carry over and it was going to become obsessive again. So I just right. let it go. Yeah. Wow. And whole 30 is a diet. People don't want to call it yeah. that, but it is. There are rules, anything, so it's a diet. There are rules, and it is restrictive in nature, mm-hmm. and so it is a diet. And I think there's an important, that needs to be said, because so many people would say, oh, it's just an elimination wellness thing. Right. But no, that's not what diet culture calls itself as wellness mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. So we have Watch to out really, for coded language. Yeah, you have to mm-hmm. be careful about that. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned losing your mom. One of the things, I read your blog before we met, Mm -hmm. and oh my gosh, listeners, check out Jess's blog. The way that you wrote about grief, I really, really resonated with. Mm -hmm. We both have, you're very recent, Mm -hmm. lost your mom. Yeah, about two years. Okay. Um, And I've lost my dad Mm -hmm. in the last three years. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what grief was like for you. You Mm -hmm. kind of touched on it, but... Mm -hmm. Grief for me it has been like um a very it hasn't been linear yes and i think that's what people don't understand until they go through it it's yes. not like you read up on grief and they say these are the stages mm-hmm. you're angry then denial then mm-hmm. this then that mm-hmm. and it's like no that's not like right. real life you yeah. know because i was fine quote right. unquote mm-hmm after um for a while and tried to go back to my normal life and actually like overdid it yeah so i was in denial a little bit i guess you can say first Mm -hmm. and then um you know i just completely disconnected yeah with everything Mm -hmm. and in that disconnection though it was a way for me to reconnect with myself Mm -hmm. so you know just kind of separating myself from that situation Mm mm-hmm it's like, you know, it happened and acknowledging it and really like working through that was key for me and not letting people tell me how to grieve. Mm. Yes. Like not listening to people or like not not letting people gaslight me because it's, especially if someone has also lost a parent and they're like, oh, well, when I lost X, Y, Z and this is what we did and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, that may have worked for you, but you're not listening mm. to yes. me. Yes. So I want you to listen to me. So. Um, once I got really firm in that and Mm -hmm. like understanding, like, this is my process and Mm -hmm. I honor my mom and I cherish her and I hold her close and I'm allowed to cry. I'm allowed to be upset. I'm allowed to be angry. Even two years later, like I'm allowed to feel all those things and you're not allowed to tell me that I can't, you know? So I think the biggest thing for me is like, let give people the space they Mm -hmm. need to grieve Yeah, because that way you allow them to give themselves some grace and space mm-hmm. to grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it changed my life. Yeah. I mean, I, I will never, ever be the same yeah. as a result of that experience. Sure. Yeah. When, I've, when I have experienced grief, I've not lost a parent, but I've experienced loss in that way. Um, I, I had to start noticing how it showed up in my body. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes grief is thought as 
like it's this emotional mental thing we go through but actually like our body can sometimes like carry some of that and hold it if we're not if we're not in tune with our body or if we're not listening to it or if we're not um you know we're trying to ignore we don't want to deal with the grief in any Mm -hmm. form you know so I was curious if you're willing to speak on that at all like if that showed up for you or yeah (laughs) absolutely I gained 25 pounds I mean and and it was crazy to me because I was like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything different. And, you know, but it was my body. It's And I'm just now starting to release some of that. Like, it, my body was holding on to that grief. Mm, right. You it was, know? It was, do, you think, do you feel like it was protective at all? It was being protective. Yeah. Because I, I was trying to go hard. Like, I was right. trying. Mm-hmm. Right after I joined a gym and I went, I tried to go hard and, like, work out every day and eat right and all these mm-hmm. things and like get back into again was going back into that diet culture mentality right. because mm-hmm. I had done all this work and all this shedding of layers but like my body was like nope mm-hmm. this is not what we're gonna do like right. this is where you where you are and we're gonna live here until you can acknowledge your grief and start dealing with it mm-hmm. yeah. wow Ooh. so yeah emotions kind of get stuck in there do. in our body they do like I've moved in a way like a, a small movement, and then I just start crying, and I'm like, uh, what's happening? Yep. <laughs> yep. It's like, oh, that was my grief spot. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I just stretched my grief spot. I believe that wholeheartedly, yeah. too. I agree with that. Absolutely. And my body was like, you need to stop. You've been a caretaker for eight months. You've been showing up for everyone else, and now you're still trying to prove yourself to everyone else and trying yeah. to prove that you're okay yes. and you're not okay. Yeah. Sit down. And mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. I did yeah. for three long months. Good for <laughs> like, you. Yeah. Nothing. Just me time. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's talk about body positivity and the exclusion of people of color because it's a big problem. Mm-hmm. It's a big issue. Can you speak to that and kind of give some examples of how you've seen that and yeah. play out? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a really loaded topic, but yeah. You know, the body positivity movement has become big over the past few years Mm -hmm. um, with the social media Mm -hmm. and, you know, people just being tired of diet culture and fitness culture telling them they have to be a certain size. But black women have dealt with that forever. Like we live naturally in larger bodies in general. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's always like the fat black girl over Mm -hmm. there, like, or, you know, the big bone, again, Mm -hmm. going back to that big bone, it's even been ingrained in our own culture, you know, mm. that bigger bodies and black women is like, bad. you know, bad. And so seeing the body positivity movement come to light, it's been really challenging because it's like, this is something we preach all the time. This is a thing we live in daily life when we go to our jobs, you know, when yeah. we go to certain places and meet certain people. It's like, we're instantly judged already by this color of our skin yes not by everyone of course but in general you know we're marginalized based on the color of our skin then you're a woman and then you're a woman in a larger body so all these layers like Mm -hmm. we've been fighting this fight yeah it's been on the table for black women and so i struggle with it a little bit when i see white women leading the charge for body positivity when it's been a micro movement within the black community already yeah Mm. So examples like, you know, I, I mean, there's some local people, but then you think about like 
a Kim Kardashian or a Khloe Kardashian specifically yes. with the revenge body situation yes. and like, oh, we're body positive, but you're you're gonna lose forty pounds in three months because <laughs> you know this shit. For yeah, weeks or yeah. Do not even drink tea and shit. Yeah. I was like, but yeah, we're body positive and mm-hmm. we're gonna make these clothing brands, right? Mm-hmm. So Good American. Mm-hmm. Some of those designs were stole, stolen from black mm-hmm. owned designers like right. black owned design companies so and then it's you know taken and appropriated and put out to the masses as like chloe did this great thing right with good american and she's promoting body positivity mm-hmm. because you know they don't have sizes on them it's like one through seven it's not interesting yeah aren't those literal really, sizes but okay yeah yeah <laughs> you know, you know it's not like the traditional size right. it's like right. 16 and 18 you know I like see. the sizes that the numbers that are like intimidating i'm like that's still like i'm i'm not intimidated by my 16 like i don't care right there's no <laughs> shame in that you're, right you're reinforcing so you're, that there's shame in that yeah, right you're that's what they're doing that. Yeah. yeah so it's like i don't care i wear a size 16 jeans. Yeah. yeah yeah right so i just see a lot of problem yeah with the way things are going and being capitalized off of for it. Like making millions and millions of dollars off of something that women of color have dealt with forever. Right. It's just, it's a shame. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, I think about the bodies of the Kardashians. They appropriate black bodies. Like, yes. Yes. Like all that. And to kind of go a little bit deeper into it. Are you familiar with Trina? Trina. Okay, so Trina's a rapper. She has a big butt. Okay. Black black rapper. Yeah. Great. Love her. She was like back in early 2000s. Gotcha. Back was like when Juvenile was hot and back that <laughs> thing that was like, <laughs> like your go-to song. Right. Like, uh, that was back when I was listening to Mary Mary and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so rap was not. Uh, anyway. But she... A woman of color with a big butt and wearing cornrows and big hoop earrings is looked at as ghetto. Yep. Yeah. She's ghetto. Yep. But then you have a Kardashian do it, and it's like, oh, that is so dope. Like, I want to be like her a million likes on Instagram. Like, it's it's just a double standard, again, and just reinforcing the differences between white women and black women. Like, the mm-hmm. privilege that is there that exists for white women and the disadvantages that black women have in right. any kind of movement or social movement. Mm. Yeah. 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 I, I've always had this larger posterior yeah. and, <laughs> you know, always been a curvier girl. And like, I, I'm sure that there have been labels I've been called, I've been chased before mm. at a festival. Um, when I was in high school, this is, this is a funny story, a little sidebar. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school, we have a festival called the Decatur Celebration. Shout out to Decatur. Um, <laughs> and I remember I was wearing some bell-bottom jeans mm-hmm. and like a little tube top. And we were walking through the crowd and there was a white man, like older. He had a beer. He was kind of drunk. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what is that? Oh, and like pointed at my butt and started chasing me through the crowd. <sighs> And that was my first time experiencing like, oh my goodness, like this thing is like, people are judging me based on that. People want to like do things to me based on that. People sexualize me yeah. based mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. And it's- Were you terrified? I was terrified. I was terrified. Yeah. And there were some other experiences like that later, but that was the biggest one that stuck out to me because it was the very first one. It was like, 
yeah. in this pub, even in public, like no shame, no shame, no cares given, just mm-hmm. chased me through the crowd. It was very scary. Um, and so it just goes back to saying like, there's a sexualization yeah. of black women. Yeah. I mean, and it goes way back into history, you know, being raped and slavery and all that. Right. Um, that white women don't have to necessarily experience at the depth that black. I'm not saying that white women don't because there is some sexualization sure, there, sure. but they didn't profit. Yeah. Like Kim Kardashian profits off yep. of her hypersexuality, like being very sexual and put, putting pictures up on the internet that break it, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas if I did it, and it would be like, oh, look at her. She's like extra and she's yes. a whore. Yep. She's a slut. Or she's, yeah. It'd get taken down. Yeah, and then it would yeah. get reported I mean, yeah. and taken down. <laughs> exactly. So you wrote on your blog about Sarah Bartman. Yes. Will you tell us about her? Sarah Bartman was, she was basically used like a science experiment. Mm. They would put her on stage. They gave her alcohol and drugs, and they would have sex with her. And This um, was what time period? Like 1800s, Like 1800s, right? like, like late 1700s, early 1800s. So basically, she was like their circus show. Because she had small waist, big boobs, and a big butt. So these were white men. White men that would pay to see her, pay, have sex. Basically, she was a prostitute. She was raped over and over. Oh, and raped. She was, yeah. traf- she was trafficked. She was trafficked. Yeah. yeah. And then um, when she died, they like used her body as like a science experiment. Like, mm. oh, what is this? Like, what how are you like this? Like pro- about her proportions. About stuff. her proportions, her body. Like how is she like this? So it's really disturbing because I look at my own body and I'm like, mm. I mean, if I were born back then, I would be Sarah Bartman. Like yep. I'm shaped like Sarah Bartman was. And so that story always resonates with me, especially when I think about the appropriation because there's a picture of Kim K where she's like standing to the side and she has like, it's kind of like a a similar photo to one of Sarah Bartman and I'm like you don't even know that struggle like don't even go there this is first of all your butt is not real we all know it you can say it's it is or whatever but we all know it's not whatever but that's a very painful experience for black women to explore and to like unpack because this woman was raped and drugged and given alcohol to have her body used for science and for men's pleasure and their fantasies. And I mean, it wasn't even necessarily consensual. She was under the influence Mm -hmm. all the time. Right. Right. She died an early death. Of course. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's really tragic. Like her, she can't even rest in peace. Her body's like being Mm. torn apart, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, like it's sick, dehuman. Like yeah. she was it's, not a human yeah. in anyone's yeah. eyes. No, yeah, she was an animal. <sighs> and that, and so we can look at that and say, well, that was you know over a hundred years ago. We're still dealing with the consequences of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you know, think about equity, mm-hmm. right, versus equality. So mm-hmm. there's still, as black people, we still don't have the equity. Like, we right. mm-hmm. are still trying to undo these years that we were enslaved and then also the years of segregation. Yeah. Even after the Civil Rights Movement, um, there were things in place that, you know, made it challenging, more challenging for black people, black and brown people, to get ahead in life. Mm-hmm. So it's still, I mean, you think about how long slavery was and, like, 
1965 hasn't even been 100 years. So, yep. I mean, there's still a lot of work to do. Um, and I think there's some things that are happening that are moving us in the right direction, but it's still very prominent. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to comment, but our president... Do it. Comment. <laughs> ...is reinforcing all that behavior. Yep. So he's really undoing a lot of things, a lot of progress that has already been made and mm-hmm. just making making it more challenging. Not only for people of color, though, but for anyone who's not wealthy. Yes. Could you kind of tell us what the difference between equality and equity is? So, equity, um, think about a set of stairs, right? So, there's 20 stairs um, on the staircase. Equality means that we all have legs and we can walk up these stairs. We're all at the same, we can walk at the same pace. Mm -hmm. We have the same speed. We have the same physical ability to get up the steps at the same rate. But I'm on step one. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're on step 19. Right. Mm -hmm. So even though we're moving at the same pace at this point, even though we have equality because we have the same rights, we have the same abilities and bodies, right? Mm -hmm. I'm starting off way behind. You have a huge head start on me. So equity would mean that I'm on step 19 too. Yes. Equality is just that I have the same rights. And that's, I mean, that's not enough because right. I'm not starting in the same place. Right. So when we think about healthcare, tell me how that ties into thoughts about that or health in general, I guess. Yeah, I think wellness is a very foreign idea to women of color, people of color, just because we've been sold into this system of like, healthcare you got to get these meds you got to do this like go to the doctor every and I don't I agree with all those things but also we haven't been taught about the proactive tools that are available Mm -hmm. for us to kind of take charge of our own wellness Mm -hmm. and we also have been taught that weight equals health yes so like oh if you're bigger body that means you're unhealthy so you need to lose weight but instead of Instead of looking at the weight, you need to look at the behaviors or look at the life lifestyle factors that mm-hmm. are playing it. I'm stressed out. Yeah. You know, I have four jobs that I work right. and I'm a mom and I have to go to soccer practice every day after school. Like those things tie into me feeling unhealthy. Yeah. So I just think we've been misled mm-hmm. about what it mean, really, really means to be well. Yeah. And I just feel like as a generation, we've been taught like weight equals yeah. Weight equals health. Yeah. Eat your veggies, drink your water, mm-hmm. drink juice. If you need to lose weight, lose weight. Go on that diet. Mm-hmm. Get on that treadmill. But we haven't addressed the stress and just the innate stress and the trauma yeah. that has been passed down from generation to generation to generation. Like, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. It affects the brain. Like, if you if your parents have undealt with trauma mm-hmm. and that they have held on to for all these years, they have you, you already have... A little bit of that trauma built into your brain. Yeah, it's in your from DNA. birth. Mm-hmm. So do you talk about genetic, genetically predisposed to certain diseases? I really do think there's a correlation between trauma and those diseases. Yeah. So if we deal with the stress and we deal with the outside factors, other than just the diet and the exercise, which is what fitness and diet culture sells us, and going to the doctor because the doctor is not going to deal with you 
being treated poorly at your job. Right. Like, mm-hmm. he's not at work with you every day. Right. He's not going to deal with your abusive relationship or whatever it is that is causing you additional stress. Mm-hmm. Um, therapy is okay. Mm-hmm. Therapy's not bad. Get therapy. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> hiring a coach is fine. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It doesn't mean you're weak. And that's another thing. Yeah. We're told we're weak. Yeah. Get therapy. Or go pray about it. Go, right. yeah, go to the corner and pray about it. Right. It's like, I believe in prayer. I do. I believe in the power of prayer like the next person. I also believe that you need to utilize the tools that God has given us. That's right. And go get some, go get some professional help. Yep. Yes. He's yep. gifted this person with the ability to help you. Mm-hmm. You lean into your community for help. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. We're going to start talking about the ways we should be doing this work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another way. Um, another way. So you do a lot of what you call soul work mm-hmm. is, is how you, where you operate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering first if you can tell us the difference between body positivity and soul work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just speak to the work that you do. And yeah. I was in the body positivity movement, like, in really all in when I first started Work Your Curves back even before my mom got sick. Mm-hmm. And so even though I was, like, claiming this body positivity, I was still, like, dieting and exercising. And I'm like, well, I love my body today where it is, <laughs> but I want more from it. And I mm-hmm. want it to do this for me and do that for me, like, aesthetically. For me, body positivity meant that I acknowledge, like, where I am today and wanted to keep changing, Uh, right? And like changing my body. And like I said, when my mom got sick and I got taken out of the gym and all these things, doing the inner work and like unpacking why I was so obsessed with my body Mm -hmm. every single day, like looking in the mirror, picking at every little piece, Mm -hmm. like turning to the side Mm -hmm. and sucking my stomach in. And so for me, it, it became more about the soul. So that's yeah. why I was like, soul work. Like, I'm doing soul work. I'm not, my soul, this body is a shell. Right. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, I'm a soul with a body encased. Yeah. I'm encased in a body. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, if I'm working on my soul, like, whatever my body is meant to do and however it's meant to be, it's going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm unpacking all my trauma, I'm releasing my grief. Yeah. I'm acknowledging where I need to grow as a person, as a mother, as a wife now. Then I'm doing my job yeah. to make the world a better place mm-hmm. and to make myself a better human. Yeah. Cuz that's what I want to do. Like yeah. not look a certain way or focus on what my body looks like all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. You know. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I still do. You know, sure. I still have my moments and like I turn to the side every now and then. And I'm like, "Hey, girl." <laughs> sure. Yeah, of course. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. she's still there. <laughs> she's not going anywhere, you know. But that's not the primary fo- focus of my work. So I do some one-on-one coaching and I do some events and things like that. So um, my biggest work with my one-on-one clients is they'll come to me and say, "Hey, when are we going to talk about food and exercise?" I'm like, "We're not." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so eventually good. we'll get there. You know, we'll get there if you want to talk through that. But I'm not going to talk to you about a diet just to lose weight. But I work with my clients on mindset. Yeah. Like, where are you? What is real? Like, what's the deep-rooted cause for you to even come to me in the first place? Mm-hmm. You know, because you've tried everything else. You've yeah, been yeah. on these diets. You've exercised. You've lost 100 pounds and gained them back. Like, yeah. so what is the real deal? 
mm-hmm. and I help my clients unpack that. So that's my one-on-one coaching side, but really I'm trying to help women of color get more access and education and become more included in the wellness space in Nashville specifically because mm-hmm. we just have a big problem. You know, you see these big box gyms and boutique gyms, mm-hmm. you know, that all you see on their Instagram feeds are white women that are skinny yep. mm-hmm. and, you know, these crazy workouts that are, you know, meant to kick your butt and burn mm-hmm. 800 calories and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I want to show women of color that there's another way and that you don't have to feel like you don't belong in spaces. Like, right. you right. do. That's right. And let me show you where you can go. And yeah. let me, like, talk to these owners to open up this space for us to come in a safe space and talk to you about what you do the benefits of your services and things like that. So that's where I am right now, and I'm, mm-hmm. that's in process. So yeah. that's incredible. Um, yeah, thank that's you. So that's good. super cool. All of that, just like to to work inside out, and then to take that to the community. What a gift! Thank you. Yeah, I need to step up and yeah. and build a community of women and build this community and go to spaces and say, Hey, this is what we're saying. Like this, I have surveys written and things. I'm just going to gather oh, all my great. information and yeah. go to these spaces and say, this is what women of color see you lacking. And mm. that's why they don't come to your space. Yeah. I'm a woman of color. I can bring them here. Like I can mm-hmm. bring a group here. You can talk about what you do, educate us about your services, and then maybe we can try it out, you know? Right. So at least like exposure and knowing that they're welcome and you know having someone that looks like them that can go in and speak up for them you know like i don't want a white woman to do this work for me yeah right yeah you know Mm -hmm. we need someone from the community you can't be this person that stands here and says oh let's talk about inclusion yeah when you haven't been excluded so tell us where we can find you online and where people who want to hire you can do that. I'm currently like redoing my Instagram, okay. but you can find me at Jess in Music City, J-E-S-S-I-N, Music City, two C's. Okay. And also my website is www.workyourcurves.com. So W-E-R-K, yourcurves.com. And you can find pricing and information about my one-on-one coaching. I do a lot of referral-based coaching, but definitely open to new clients. And Facebook, Work Your Curves, W-E-R-K, Your Curves. And that's it. This has been fantastic. So good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's talk about snacks, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the sweet things and the salty that we eat. Let's talk about snacks. (laughs) You're like, I was not ready for that. (laughs) It was great, though. Thanks. We worked real hard on it. The whole thing. Our meat and all. One take wonders over here. That's yeah. not true. Often we have to do that like multiple times. So many. It sounded beautiful. So <laughs> okay, I'm thinking these days about the childhood snacks. Like yeah. I don't even know if they make them all anymore. Mm-hmm. But things like fruit roll-ups. Remember fruit by the foot? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I think they still, they might do they make, make that? Those. I feel like my son eats those. Okay. <laughs> so the difference would be like fruit Once, roll-ups would be like a sheet, right? 
Yeah. yeah. And, and you can, like, peel the little, peel little images right. off. Yeah. And then fruit roll-up was... Just a full-on foot of... Well, it's probably fruit by the, the foot. foot. Fruit by the foot. And it, and it had, like, you could read the paper. Like, it had jokes or different facts on the paper that you would pull mm-hmm. yeah. the, the snack off or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, so good. So Remember good. when, like, goldfish were acceptable to eat and... Somehow, I know, but well, I guess you grew up in the church, and that's like what the nursery kids are eating. You know, that's (laughs) like the snack. So it just like is equated with the with the little bitties or whatever. But I love goldfish. I love goldfish still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're not a thing anymore, right? No, they're not a thing. In fact, there's like a a massive variety now. Yeah, I think they're like different flavors. Yeah, yeah. Like there's pretzels. like there's pretzel. They have a, the white ones that are the Parmesan mm, flavor. Parmesan. Then they have the that's original. for the adults. <laughs> the yeah, par- that feels like an adult snack. <laughs> Parmesan. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Unless you've got a real um, developed palate on a yes. child. <laughs> Which these days, who knows? Yeah, know. yeah seriously. Um, what about like gush? Remember gushers? Some more of a candy than a snack, though. Whatever. That's know. fine. It's a fruit snack. Yeah, with, like the little juicy center, and you're like, surprise! Yeah, <laughs> those are so good. Yeah, I like there's this those. great show. It's like just a YouTube show on the um, Bon Appetit magazine does, uh-huh. and the um, the host's name is Claire, uh-huh. and it's like she's challenged to make gourmet versions of oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. candies and things and snacks. And she's done like Skittles and Doritos and Oreos. And she did Gushers once, That's which crazy. was fascinating. It's like one of my favorite things to watch. Just this YouTube show. Bon Appetit. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Just plug Bon Appetit because they need it. No, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Please sponsor us. My, okay. My favorite childhood snack. I'm not even thinking about like, I'll just tell you. Um, I loved peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yes. I think I had one every day for probably four years as a child. I mean, there's a reason that they are still a thing that everybody eats. Yes. So good. It needed to be bunny bread. It needed to be white bunny bread. Okay. I've never in my life heard of bunny bread. The what? Bunny, with the bunny on That's the That's what I said. Bunny bread or something like that. <laughs> nope. That did not help. I mean, you know about bunny bread. How do you about this i don't know maybe we were like a wonder bread family okay i know wonder bread yeah. too with like yeah. and then like the wheat harvest something or other I well know. that's no that's not okay for a pb <laughs> no you can you keep your wheat like bread. white bread <laughs> I, I agree with that it's like, gotta like melt in your mouth yes it needs to taste all like sorts of wrong yeah, <laughs> yeah. because it's so right it's so right <laughs> and then not a crunchy peanut butter a creamy and when I was a kid, I liked grape jelly. Now I like strawberry better. Because that's the grown-up jelly. <laughs> Similar to the so. Parmesan. Yeah, yeah it is kind of. I do. I think I heard a couple times, like, you like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches so much, you're going to turn it into one. <laughs> and you were like, please, dear God, like, please. I can eat myself. <laughs> my dream, my dream. Yeah. Best day ever. <laughs> Jess, what were your favorite childhood snacks? I loved Dunkaroos. And I was like a classic like chocolate icing. Okay. Like I mean they had the one with the vanilla with the yeah. little sprinkles in it. That mm-hmm. one was good. But my go-to was definitely chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. I had to have a chocolate. Same. Were they all kangaroos? I yeah, I think I so. think they were. I think they were all the same shape and uniform. They yeah. tried to bring them back for a little second. I was excited. I was like, yeah, yeah they're dunkaroos again. Yeah. Jake used to experience them and like 
Yeah, no. No, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't do well. So someone came over to my house recently. I'll tell them. I'm about to tell the nerdiest story. Uh-uh. Okay. My husband, who we refer to as Intern Eric, um, on the podcast, has recently gotten into Dungeons and Dragons. Now, Is it because of strange, Stranger Things? I think that that's a big part of it. <laughs> I really do. do. I mean, I do think they play was... it on straight. I have not watched Stranger Things. <laughs> okay, well, get on that Ooh. first one. It's so yeah. good. Okay. <laughs> um, but yes, he. I think that was probably a big part of it. Mm. But he talked me into it. I'm a part of this now. I'm in it. <laughs> I have a character. I named her. All the stuff. Anyway, so we were like having people over to play our first game, and we were like, let's all bring like you know, chicken nuggets and like pizza rolls and bagel bites, like kid food. Mm-hmm. And someone came, I'm going to name her cause she listens to the podcast, Bethany champion, the champion <laughs> of my heart because she brought, she was like, I create my own Dunkaroos. So she brought graham crackers and then like a can of, um, funfetti. I see. So the vanilla with the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is it just sprinkles or is it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Like it's like a confetti sprinkle. Yeah. yeah. And just didn't was like this is a dungaroo basically and you could just do it with chocolate icing too i guess you know and the simplest thing i know and i'm just like i want the i want the well, kangaroo but i need it to be in a kangaroo shape <laughs> maybe if there's like a cookie cutter of a kangaroo but it was like if you closed your eyes it, it tastes like, oh, like, like right there yeah yeah so thanks bethany yeah yes thank you yeah I may do that soon let's, let's talk, talk about, about snacks, snacks. We like to move it, move it. We like to move it. (laughs) Jess, tell us what sort of movement brings you joy. I try to honor the different seasons that I go through in my life. So it was really stressful recently uh, up until my wedding. It was a lot of slow movement, like walking, um, doing cars, which is controlled articular rotation. So joint circles pretty much. I mean, it's a lot more than that, but that's a simplified way of talking about it. Um, Just slowing down a little bit. Um, So I'm really enjoying that. I'm ramping back up now that the wedding's over, Mm -hmm. but definitely I think it changes now always. So for me right now, I'm ready to pound the pavement. The weather's nice. And so I'm excited about getting back to a regular training program. So let me tell you what I love about what you just said. So many women that I've heard really go extreme right before their wedding because they have a goal, right? Mm-hmm. And when you overexercise like that, sometimes it can make you sick. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of brides end up like sick before their wedding mm-hmm. or like just very stressed because mm-hmm. they're trying to, their you know goal is to lose weight or whatever. So what I love about that is how intuitive that is. Like mm-hmm. you're like, I don't have the energy for this. I'm trying to do all these other things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be gentle with myself. Mm-hmm. Give my body what she needs. Yeah. That's yeah. so great. Definitely. I got the question a lot. Like, what are you doing to get ready for your mm-hmm. wedding? I was like, living my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I normally do. Like, right. I don't. I mean, he's marrying me, not That's what I look right. like on that day. So. Yeah. Perfect exactly. point. And it's funny how, like, we're like, if if we try to set a goal for a specific event, it's like, well, people see you every day, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like your whole life isn't in this one day. Mm-hmm. Well, often it's, I feel like, um, people who do that are like, it's for the photos because right. like, well, these photos are going to be forever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so right. you want to always look back and be like, oh, once upon a time, mm-hmm. not just yeah. like, this is who I am. That's mm-hmm. a great I don't know. It's an interesting. Yeah. 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 I like that. 
intuitive approach. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Movement for joy. It's what we're all about around here. Yeah. We We like to move it. For this episode's Fat Friendly Hall of Fame, we are inducting Samantha Irby, Amanda LeCount, and Jess Thompson. These are the people we've been waiting for. We are the people we've been waiting for. So that's our episode and our season. Season one. Season one in the books. Yeah. I got to say, Kendra, we are at over 7,000 accesses to our RSS feed. I I can't. No. I don't understand it. Can I tell you what that means? I cannot. No. Uh -uh. No. But it means people are listening. I'm shocked, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) I'm shocked that there are strangers that are listening to this. We can see, like, who accesses it from other, like, from where you are, you know? Right. And there are people in the Netherlands and in California and and Australia. Wow. That's legit, man. Wow, 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 wow. We are, we are, we are podcast worldwide. Who's that guy who does that? I have no idea. Mr. Worldwide. What you're doing. Who is Mr. Worldwide? I, Pitbull. I Pitbull. Oh, Pitbull. <laughs> I was making a pop culture reference that I should not have made because yeah. I did not know what it was. But. Okay. But we do anyway. want to take this time to say <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Yes. I'm I'm shocked about it, um, that it's been this successful. And obviously we can't do it without you. So yeah, thank you so much to our guests. Thank you for everyone who has given us feedback. Yeah. Um. That has touched my heart so much. The DMs, the texts, the emails, the etc. Um, especially like some some people have said, I have a child, and this has changed the way that I talk to my child about bodies. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. yeah, I just got chills when you said that, and I know that they, that has happened. I still got chills when you said. I that. know. I just it's um it's really really special to us. So thank you so much. It's important much. work, and we take it seriously. We have a lot of fun yeah. doing this, yeah. But we 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 do take it really seriously, and so your encouragement means mm-hmm. more than you know. Truly, truly, more truly. Than you know yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I screenshot every little anything that's in writing. I screenshot it, and on days where like editing isn't going well, I'm like, just remember, <laughs> right? People yeah. are listening. Yeah. So we want you to be sure that you are in the know of our season two release date, which is TBD at the moment. But the way you can be absolutely certain that you will be one of the first to know is if you are following our Instagram account, which is underscore nobody asked for this. It's just all one big word, basically. Yeah. Um, So be sure you're following us there. Not only to know when season two is going to release, but also we, that's where we love to interact with everybody. That's where we love to kind of connect. And mm-hmm. um, I'm sure you'll see some of our other projects that kind of popping up on there as well. So, yeah. so go, go follow us on Instagram. Tell us hello. Tell us yeah, hello. Say hi yeah. to us. Uh, Kendra, what's your secret weapon? My secret weapon is that I take myself on dates. Because if I don't, who will? <laughs> Which sounds very disparaging. But frankly, at least I know I'm going to have a good time when I take myself out. Yeah. Who knows if you go on a date with somebody else? Perhaps are you your own soulmate? 
<laughs> yup. Nope, I don't. And I always get extra fries, you know. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um. Yeah. I. In fact, I recently did take myself on a date. I went to Abuelos and had two margaritas mm. and <laughs> a lovely dinner, and then I went to the theater and wow. saw Next to Normal, which is a really great musical. I was really happy to go see it. But yeah, cool. Anyway, Megan, what's your secret weapon? Okay, my secret weapon is that I can kind of do an Australian accent. So I'm going to say a sentence in my accent. No, Kendra, I don't want to hear about your diet. Now that we have covered our secret weapons, the secret weapon of the podcaster is uh, ratings and reviews. So, and, and we have more now. We have maybe five or six. Yeah. Um, go thank to you your. So thank you so much. Go to your iTunes app, find our podcast. If you would give us five stars and just write us like a couple sentences of a review, because that um, just like bumps us up in the algorithm of like showing people that we exist, basically. Yeah. So you would be by doing that would be a huge part in other people getting to hear what we're up to. Absolutely. Thank you so much to everybody who has shared our podcast on social media. That has been huge. It's really, really widened our listenership. Um, And it just means so much to us. For real. Yeah. Yeah, We love it. We love y'all. We love it. So to end our episode, um, we want to give you a little taste of a little Mm. another parody that will we have written in. It has been written in full. And we will be releasing it at some point in the break. Yeah. You get our first listen to a little, little, little tidbit of it. They say I ate something bad then. Why'd it taste so good? They say I ate something bad then. Why'd it taste so good? Best meal I ever had. Why diet over and over and over again? Eat some food. Does a body good? Good. Yes. That's a Taylor Swift song. We're not even covering the Taylor Swift version. We're covering the version that... So go to YouTube, put in Shoshana Bean and Cynthia Revo. I did something bad. That's what we're covering. That's what we're parodying. And we have the whole thing ready. Y'all don't even know what's going on. You don't cooking. even know. <sighs> Thanks for sticking around with our silly butts. Yeah. We'll talk to you on the Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> See you on the gram. Bye. Bye. Bye.